On this episode of Resi Week, Snap AV changes personnel, Meridian's got a virtual showroom, and Josh announces their nano and core. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 250. Happy time with Matt. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Danco International. Learn the technology behind the award-winning EVOIP, AV over IP system. Become EVOIP certified today. And by Atlas IED, innovative audio solutions for every business environment. And by Access Networks. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week, your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by two of my closest friends. First, we have Katie McGregor Bennett. She is the president of KMB Communications. How you doing, man? I'm doing fabulous. Can't complain. That's a, yeah. that's a good COVID way free. COVID free is even better. <laughs> uh, I know I'm COVID free because I just got out of two weeks of isolation like a pro wow. mr fergosa is also with us he's the principal of fergosa design you might know him as uncle richie how you doing buddy mellow west coast greetings actually good to be back it's uh been a bit i'm glad to be back on air with everybody it here it's been a minute after our halloween extravaganza here so right yes yes <laughs> gotta love the extravaganza we we couldn't do anything we were stuck in the house not able to leave uh so yeah no luckily we had people kind neighbors who dropped off candy for my kids so that was that was very nice but let's uh i want to touch on something just before we get into uh the the episode we got a bunch of stuff to talk about but first um today is our 250th episode of resi week so for everybody Woo-hoo! who's been a guest who's joined the producers mitch uh tim everybody else uh thank you so much for for hanging with us and and making this thing what it is it's it's been awesome and i'm I'm really happy we've hit 250. So now we just got to get to 500. Uh, so that, when do we hit syndication? When, when's it? It's like yeah. I, I'm waiting for those syndication checks to roll in and someone yeah. needs to talk to Tim because I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. right? Get on that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so Congratulations, though. You guys. Thank you. That is, Thank you. That is awesome. It is. We are yeah. we're happy about it. So thanks again to everybody who who listens. We we appreciate it. All right, let's let's kick today off. We've got a bunch of really interesting things to get to. Uh, we're going to start our day off with a story that comes to us from Residential Tech today. Snap AV has made some product development hires and appointments, and uh, they've had a, a a departure as well that we're going to touch on. Um, if you don't know Snap AV, you're listening to the wrong podcast. Uh, but they've done a couple of things uh, late last week uh, from the acquisition of Control 4. Uh, chief among them is they have promoted G. Paul Heiss uh, into the chief product officer. Now you may say, interesting, wasn't there someone else? And there was. Uh, Mr. Charlie Kindle has uh, departed and moved on to some other things. So that is that is really the big one. Uh, Snap has also rehired uh, David Moore and promoted Mike Jordan and Jason Winchester, as well as uh, brought in Greg Simmons, which is going to be very interesting. Um, Katie, I, I want to start with you on this. This is a, this is a bit of a big shakeup, um, obviously, with, with Charlie moving on and with G. Paul 
moving up as well as all these other uh, promotions and, and, and new hires. Is this a standard, like, do you see this as a standard shakeup uh, of, of just shuffling the deck and, and kind of moving people around? Uh, or is, is this kind of hinting to something else going on at Snap? You know, I think you can definitely look at it from 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 both angles. I think you know, I'll I'll kick off by saying anything we discuss here, at least from my side, is merely speculation, right? So, um, I don't have a relationship with the with the company, but you know, I think it, it it didn't surprise me at all. And in revisiting it again this afternoon, it it still doesn't come across at a surprise as a surprise. And I think honestly, it's pretty it is pretty standard fare. And I think particularly in this in the C suite on the product development side having kind of a, a, fair, a fairly consistent regular change to that staff brings new insight, new ideas, new creativity. And that, that can always really, you know, be incredibly beneficial. And I think there's a lot of intelligence to that. So it certainly would make sense, particularly for a company like Snap in doing what they're also trying to do with, you know, some, they made point about the, the different facilities that they're going to be maintaining, one of which is in Serbia. Um, which I also thought was interesting, um, but you know I think there's they're definitely <laughs> making, yeah, they're definitely you know kind of building up the force here and uh, where it's leading, I don't know, you know, and that's right, I kind of yeah, I don't want to step into that because it is it is speculation, mm-hmm. um, but you know I definitely would love to know what Uncle Richie's thinking. Well, and I do too, and and specifically I, I kind of I'd be remiss, and, and again congratulations to everyone who's been promoted and moved up. But to me, kind of the, the elephant in the room that we haven't touched on is uh, Charlie Kindle moving on. And I, I remember I, I interviewed Charlie um, at the first CDO right after he was announced. And it was a big deal. Uh, not that I was interviewing. He was a big deal. And, you know, he had this massive resume that, that he brought with him from, from Amazon and, and from Microsoft. And... I remember one of the things I, that I had talked to him about was he had put out a call on his LinkedIn and his Twitter to a bunch of his, the, the, the people that he used to work with at Amazon, at Microsoft saying, hey, there's this huge industry that you guys have never worked in, you've never seen, come hang out with me. We're doing some amazing yeah. things at the time with, with Control 4, come over here. Richie, it, obviously this is, I can't not see this as having some level of negative impact to snap AVs. Charlie um, moving on. Charlie moving on. Yeah. Yeah. It, is, is that, am I, am I overstating that or is again, is this just the the path of normalcy in, in big business and, and where do you think Charlie might land? Um, I, well, the first part, I mean, it's going to raise eyebrows. Right, and and this is this is the second larger change that we've seen. We've also seen that as Snap entered the market, Snap was, I mean, Snap had a very different role in the marketplace when they first started. It, they they were a very different company at the time. It was like if you needed Cat Five cables, if you needed widgets, you know, if you needed stuff, you know, it was it was kind of the the bazaar of custom for a while you know i mean we, you you would mention them in the same type in the same sentence you would mention a company like monoprice right where you would just get stuff and then uh that model changed where they became a technology company instead of a distrib instead of a distributor of other people's products 
they became a product, Snap AB itself, with all of these different lines underneath it. And, and that happened during the course of acquisitions. And anybody who's been through the acquisition process or has been around it knows that the first hurdle to deal with um, is, is corporate culture clashes. And so the question is, remember, Charlie didn't join Snap. Charlie yeah. wasn't hired by Snap. Charlie had come through to go to Control 4, which had a different path and traje trajectory. And then Control 4 became a part of Snap or Snap. However, they, they spun that original press release, right? right? We, were, we, were, we had some alternative facts that were being bandied about. Um, so the question becomes at that point, and then we also had another high profile departure. Uh, Michael DeNegris bought Autonomic back, you know, and this was just a couple of, you know, well, six months ago now, but mm -hmm. it, it's not the first time that there has been some visibility within the SNAP umbrella that maybe personalities who are a little bit larger than life or accomplished may not be able to work within that construct, which, you know, SNAP is pretty focused about what they're doing. I mean, you say what you will about them as a company in terms of their acquisitions and their positioning. It's pretty straightforward what their identity is. Uh, the question becomes at that point, are they really focused on pushing the boundaries and, and pushing the envelope? Uh, you know, if you look at Charlie's resume, it comes from a lot of instances where they've pushed where it's not safe. They've created markets instead of maintaining or growing markets. And so if you look at Snap's trajectory, I don't necessarily know if innovation is their DNA. Acquisition has been their DNA. Uh, so you have to take a look at somebody who, within the construct of a large company, has that entrepreneurial streak, right? They're always looking for that next big thing. Uh, so, you know, I mean, that, that's one of those ones where I'd love to sit down with Charlie and, and, you know, find out, you know, we, and we might find out what his next thing might be. You might go, oh, that makes total sense. Kind of in the same way when, when he joins C4. Uh, Is it telling that there are very few remaining members, like high profile members uh, of, of Control 4 now at Snap? Like there, there's been a, there's been a rash of departures. I think is, it, is that just the culture side? I think it's just a natural evolution. I think that, you know, the, the only the only personal relationship that I have with this was back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, I became part of a partnership and we were a very tight focused group of founders. And there was a certain energy that happens in that level, even, you know, when you're when you're partnering with somebody. And then growth happens. And when you get outside of the founder's mindset and you stop building a company and you start focusing once you get to a certain size of maintaining a company and feeding that beast and, and you have to just consume more and consume more and it's people and resources and time. And when you're at those higher levels at the C-level suite or the founder level suite, what kept you excited and there in the first place, you're no longer able to do. You're spending more time just managing everything else that's going on underneath. And it, it, you know, and it, depending on your mindset and if you want to challenge yourself, that might not be the most fun. And so I think that with SNAP being the organization that it is, 
I mean, you, you've heard it about IBM. You've heard it about large-scale organizations that when you bring in all of these different cultures, you hope for the best. However, Google's done it. And Google is, after two, three, four years, has said it didn't work. And so those companies disappeared. Uh, I think that Snap is growing to the point where they also know that some of their adopted children may not be part of the household over the long term for various reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. All right. Let's move on to our next topic of the day. This comes to us from residential systems. Meridian audio has uh, debuted a brand new virtual showroom uh, amongst the, the, the shutdowns and, and the, the stay at home orders and all of that fun stuff. Uh, that has been going on, if, if you somehow missed that, uh, over the last six months or so and, and just kicked back up in the UK over the last week. Uh, Meridian has launched this virtual showroom with the help of a longtime collaborator, Vision by Newland, uh, to allow you to go and digitally visit the Meridian uh showroom and, and their demo room uh, up there in England. Uh, I, I've actually personally been to this. It's a, it's a fantastic, really, really dynamic, uh, cool showroom uh, with lots to experience. So the, the digital side is very, very cool. Uncle Richie, let me, let me come back to you on this one to, uh, to, to kick it off. This is a really cool concept. Is this the direction that a lot of integrators and manufacturers should be looking at creating not just that 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 really nice digital catalog if you will but some form of semi immersive experience or heck an experience <laughs> it's necessary i mean our our industry is catching up that's that's really what it is our our industry has always been especially i mean we're talking speakers we're talking audio components right it's a demo you know you're unless you've been in a room with eight Ks in Ferrari red, <laughs> you can't necessarily appreciate um, that luxury experience of the product. Um, you know, the piano black lacquer. I mean, again, Meridian is a bespoke manufacturer. And so they, especially in this climate, have to find a way to create that visceral experience of the pride of ownership of you know, desiring that product. I mean, as much as you want to say it, a speaker is a speaker is a speaker. There are some really, really nice speakers, much like a car is a car, right? Uh, and, and in order to find a way to engage the market and it helped their dealers, because, you know, I mean, you got to think about this. Not only is Meridian as a manufacturer having to find a way to reach a, a target market, there's hundreds of dealers throughout the world who are going, I can't bring people in. So I, you know, I think it's important from a manufacturer standpoint that they're doing everything they can to give their dealers the tools that they need in order to create the experience. And I, you know, I, I hope that we'll see it more from manufacturers. I think we are. And the good news is technology is catching up. It's, it's, you know, what, what Meridian is doing, uh, you know, in terms of being able to invest in a different, sales ecosystem uh you know i mean i i look at it you know it, it's kind of comparable but if you think about it I, a couple of years ago i was looking for a, a car for my daughter and a, and as time was passing we couldn't necessarily make it to the dealership so we started going to these websites the next thing you know 
places, websites for cars, all of a sudden allowed you to customize the experience and create, you know, what you think this car is going to look like. Well, again, two years later, there are audio manufacturers who are basically taking the same approach and saying, here is the look and the feel um, of, of making this purchase. And, and, you know, Meridian is a performance and a status buy. You know, it's the, it's the, you know, you're buying a PSA watch, not because it tells time better, but because you love how it feels and how it looks. You know, you purchase a car, you purchase clothes, you, you know, you have a suit tailored for you because of the bespoke feeling. And I think that this is an opportunity for one of those manufacturers to just you know, help their dealers out right now. I mean, it's, we're all refiguring out, you know, again, I said it, I'm, I'm, un, I'm tired of saying unprecedented times, but you know, when it's unprecedented times, you've got to at least make the attempt to operate in, in new ways that are going to keep the people who are supporting you uh, afloat. Yeah, very good. So. Katie, in, in these unprecedented times. No. Yes. I like um, how you lower your voice when you talk yes, about it. Yes, of course. Yeah, you can't say it up here. You got to drop it <laughs> no. down. No, it, no, it sounds way too fun. Yes, unprecedented times. Yes. Um, when I saw this story come across my desk, uh, you were one of the first people I thought about. And then I saw you were on. I'm like, hey, good job, Mitchell. <laughs> Love it. Um, Katie, when I read this, I, I get excited. This is awesome. Um, Meridian has done a fantastic job with this, but this is also something that is out of reach, not just for most integrators, but heck, this is out of reach for some manufacturers even to be able to produce this quality of a digital experience. What can, what can integrators, what can smaller manufacturers do to go beyond, you know, uh, again, just that kind of cheesy website slideshow of, hey, look, we did this and this and this and get into something that's a little bit more dynamic. Is this, is this where you go out and, and you get a sizzle reel or you go out and get you know, a drone to fly through one of your projects? How do you, how do you develop that experience as a, as a smaller company with a smaller budget? Yeah. So a couple of things. Um, and I could spend like an hour talking about this because it really is, it, it really Two is minutes. so cool. Two minutes. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Well, there go the compliments and kudos to Meridian. Oh, wait, I did compliments and kudos to Meridian for doing this because it is, it is super cool. Um, and I will answer your question here. I just wanted to, to, to jump on what Richie said. And, you know, from an experience standpoint and from a experiential standpoint, there are brands that really do need to provide this. And those that have a relationship with the automotive industry, like Meridian does with JLR, Jaguar, Land Rover, there is a certain lifestyle and a certain experience that that clientele is looking for. And there needs to be this type of asset for them to go and feel as though they're getting a similar experience as they are when they're building a, a Jaguar, Land Rover or something on that level. So, so using that is, I think, you know, as, as, as any brand, um, integrator or otherwise, you know, understanding what the budget is, first and foremost, you know, how much money do you have to play with and how much resource can you accumulate that doesn't require payment. Um, friends are good. You've heard me say this before. I think I actually stole that from Alan Braun, um, or we just mutually agree that friends are good. There are so many resources within the industry that can help you as a brand execute something like this, but you really, you got to first establish how much of a budget do you have and, and that you can play with. Then what is that message and what, what does that message need to come across to your, to your target audience? Does it need to be a high-end luxury lifestyle? Does it need to be more casual? Does it need to be something in between or something that shows kind of a compilation of all of your type of clientele 
good luck with that. <laughs> it is it is hard to speak to a really broad audience when you've got a targeted message about a specialty service or offering that that uh, you as a brand offer. So you do not really need to kind of spend some time just on those those kind of those spitball sessions and figure out what is the thing that you're trying to communicate and what does that experience need to feel like to the audience. Then go out and tap into your friends and your resources in the in the industry. You know, everyone's got an iPhone or a similar um, phone with pretty great video capability anymore. And <laughs> a year ago, two years ago, I would have strangled myself for repeating the words, but you can use your phone and get a pretty decent video, a pretty great video. Off, you know, off of my iPhone, I get great 4K video. So, you know, if you don't have a big budget and you don't have a lot of friends, but you do have a cell phone with a high resolution camera on it, clear out your space, clean it up, get rid of all the water bottles, make it presentable, and then go and walk through it. You know, what is the experience that your space offers or that a client's home offers to somebody else who's looking in and go and just walk through that, walk through that environment and take a look at that video. You know, how does it, how does it look? How does it feel? Can you use it that way? Or do you want to just cut it up? If you look at the way that the sizzle reel from Meridian's um, virtual tour, it's a compilation of a bunch of little captures. Um, some of them have been, I've been there really familiar with that footage. I think we might have captured some of that. Um, but it really, you know, doing little bits and bites of, of the process and then pulling that into the final experience like, like they do, you know, so show what your techs in the field, show how your trucks are wrapped, show how clean your vehicles are, show how you walk into a facility, show how you put booties on, you know, it, the beautiful wiring jobs and all of those things that are just sort of part of the normal routine. If you've never experienced it, you've never experienced it. So take the time to capture that. And then I say kind of it, last and, but definitely not least is involve your team. You know, your, your techs out in the field, your people in the office, anybody who's supporting the work that you do, kind of task them with a capture part of your day and show me that footage, you know, and then just take a look at it and see how that story starts to develop. Um, and then, you know, if, if you need help with post-production on any of that, there's a million resources within the industry. Yeah, I'm sure you've got friends that, maybe already do it that you know of. If not, well, your friends at AV Nation or KMB Communications might be able to help you with that. Um, but you, in a lot of cases, you don't even need it. You know, you, you just plan it out, shoot it and get it out there. You know, it, your, your audience will tell you if it's going to work or not. Personally, I think it's a great thing to do and to kind of, you know, to answer your other question, which is, is this something that the industry should be doing? Absolutely. Absolutely. There still is not enough video, really, you know, good quality video that explains why we do what we do in custom. And if we're not telling that story and showing it, no one's going to care. Yep. And if people start caring, we lose our business. So start capturing it and getting it out there and showing people how fun it is. And, and, you know, I think you'll, I think you'll see some, some pretty cool results. And get a photo release. If and get a photo if release. If you're doing it yes. in somebody's house that isn't yours, get a release. Where Your do you get one of those, thank you. Where do you get one of those? I, I have my lawyers write them up, but. <laughs> Yes, or you could go to LegalZoom or 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 yeah yeah go go somewhere and get yeah. a get a uh, a photo release and and have it, have your client image release that. actually because yes. you need it yeah you need photo video and yeah video yep the whole yeah. the whole kick yeah all right let's uh, let's hit our last story of the day this comes to us from Residential Tech Today uh, Josh Nano is the world's first architectural voice control microphone if you missed it last week uh, I believe it was on the tenth was it the tenth everyone's nodding yes, perfect it was. it was on the 10th uh i listened to it but i wasn't in my office so yeah um alex and uh and the team over at josh ai uh had their had their first ever keynote uh, i believe it's up to uh watch if you missed it live so go check that out it, it, it's fantastic what they did is um they went in and shot obviously a, a keynote in a something like 
$80 million crazy house up in the hills. And it is a, a beautiful home full of technology technical goodies, including the brand new Josh Nano. What the Nano is, is a microphone about this size that just sit, sits in the wall uh, in, in black or white and does all the things that Josh does really well. It also ties into uh, the Josh core that they just announced, which is their on-prem uh, server. Uh, it, really, really, really cool. Go check out not only the story from residential tech, but the keynote. If you get a second, you'll, you'll see exactly what Josh core is, what it looks like and what it does. Uh, Katie, let me come back and, and, and kind of finish this up with you and then we'll, we'll grab, uh, Richie for a second. You saw this, you were, you were paying attention to this keynote as well. The development of both the nano and the core, um, I think are really going to help propel Josh uh, a little bit more into the mainstream. And when I say mainstream, I don't mean like general populist mainstream per se, as much as I'm sure they'd love to get there, but the mainstream of the luxury residential space uh, is, is this, I don't want to say is this enough, but has this kind of helped Josh in, in your opinion, round out their offerings so that, they can go into uh, a lot of these really, really nice spaces with a couple of different uh, input options. Yeah, I, I do. Um, I, at first, at first pass, I was, I was impressed with what they were doing, but it wasn't until I kind of sat and digested really what, what does that, how does that change the category or potentially, or just change the, the trajectory of the category. And I think what's really interesting about it is that all of the others are getting bigger. <laughs> you know, in, in size and in the form factor. And it's like, they just keep getting bigger and bigger and more stuff and more stuff. And, and Josh is going the other way. And that, as, as we know, in custom, finding a way to make technology disappear or become a seamless aspect of an environment is oftentimes the end, the end game. So it's really curious to see, you know, the, the, the tennis ball getting bigger and the, you know, the little display now getting bigger and, <laughs> Where in everything else in our in the in our day to day is where how can we find ways to 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 hide technology in plain sight or or make a showcase of it and I don't really think that those other form factors are, so just by that virtue alone I love the fact that they really did make it um, they went sort of down the architectural path and that they've made it something that that can't be seen so you know just for that that higher end luxury experience where you don't want technology you want the technology and. Uh, but you don't want the, the aesthetic of it. So I think, you know, there, it, it absolutely, um, huge, huge improvement. I think the bigger thing though, and, and perhaps it wasn't talked about is all of the processing horsepower and the intelligence in the system that can now be better delivered, executed and delivered be by virtue of separating speaker and microphone by giving the ability to have more microphones in a, in a, in a room or in a, in, you know, on property. Um, so I think that there's a really is a lot more to it that really will, um, ultimately bring more of the power forward. I'm just surprised really honestly that it's, um, it's taken, it's taken this long to, to kind of get here. I mean, I think, you know, I don't know about you guys on the integration side, but the fact that it's a closed system and the privacy aspects just <laughs> to me seem so kind of like a no brainer. So now having the technology really be seamless and have that and have that privacy behind there, it just, to me, it seems like it's, it's all there ready now to go to that next level, whether it is or not. I can't, I can't say, but what you say, Richie. Well, I mean, it's apropos that, you know, we just talked about Meridian about creating a new uh, 
way of interfacing with the system and, and, and their marketing. Uh, you know, I mean, we all knew something was coming. I mean, Josh got a, a very nice cash influx uh, a while ago from their investment company and everybody kept going, how are they going to spend their money? Well, last week we went, this is how we spend our money, you know? <laughs> and, and it was, it was exceptionally well done. I mean, kudos to the entire Josh team. Um, I watched the, I, I watched the, the keynote uh, from the beginning and there's a lot of reasons why for me, it's, it, it, is a place that's close to home. It's custom. It's, it's what I remember, God, almost 30 years ago now, you know, getting, when I got into the industry, it was basically 2000. Yeah. 1990. Carry the one. <laughs> Let me take off my socks. Um, but it was people in the industry who went, there's nothing out there like this. We're just going to make it. We don't know how yet. We're just gonna. And we will create this this environment. And is Josh, you know, is Josh an alternative to Google Home or Alexa? Not necessarily, but it's not targeted that way. It, there are still homeowners who care about design, who don't want 15 different devices listening in on you so they can get added to a shopping list. I, you know, I mean, there's, it's like anything else. It, you know, this industry is a niche industry and it's okay to embrace your niche. And, and I think that as our industry has matured, we get caught in the middle sometimes, right? You know, there's that idea of, well, I got to sell to everybody because there might not be enough people for me to sell to right now. And, and it becomes this identity crisis as it occurs. And what I, what I like about what Josh is doing is they are saying, here is a company that you can use to build your identity around. You are a technology expert you are providing solutions. You are, you know, in, depending on whatever market that you're in, you're providing a product that works with an interior design team, with a lighting design team, with, with even just a home decorator, somebody who says, I don't like this stuff. Um, and, and the nano was really an approach. And I mean, Matt, you and I, I mean, we interviewed them the first time when they came yeah. out, yep. you know, it was the white hockey puck. And it, you know, it was, it was just sitting there under a glass case. And, and now it's, it's a real product that has evolved. And, and again, just the slightest things make such a difference. A privacy switch, period. Just, just a little flick. It turns red. You know, you're not being recorded. You know, like I said, your shopping list is not being sent to somebody. Um, is, this, is this enough to put them at the forefront of automation? With the core with the investment that they've made. Again, this all comes back down to bootstrapping a company is great. <laughs> We've all, boot, I mean, all three of us have bootstrapped our company, right? There's, there's, you know, make, making a, making a dollar out of 59 cent, you know? I mean, it's just, that's just, it's exhausting, you know? It, and, and I think that every company should, I think that every business owner should have to learn to work with little to no resources. Um, I, I think it makes you a better company, period. Uh, Josh didn't necessarily come from, you know, a rags to riches story. I mean, they, they, they came from tech. They came from understanding how tech worked and funding and, and in very different than the CI industry. Uh, I think what's happened is that they have very wisely invested the money that was invested in them 
to create a long-term, reliable and viable solution. When Josh first came out, a lot of it was, here's what we plan on doing. And there were some hiccups, <laughs> uh, but it wasn't because their heart wasn't in the right place. It was just, you were executing something that nobody was doing, you know, that didn't have all the resources to do it. And so you got really smart people together and Apollo 13, the darn thing, <laughs> you know? And, and so I think what we're seeing now is the next evolution of Josh. It is something now that can be presented in either a turnkey fashion and it stays inside the Josh ecosystem. Um, and it can be operated in a hybrid fashion with all of the other consumer electronic and, and automation companies that are out there. Uh, and I think it is a, it's a much easier story to tell now uh, because it is designer friendly. Yeah. It has a contained ecosystem. Privacy matters. Uh, you know, all of the things that are, you know, no touch, uh, you know, is checking all of the boxes. And so, you know, I, I, for me, it's a home run for them. I couldn't be happier for them. Uh, it makes me happy for the industry because it does remind the integration community that you don't have to settle for a $29 box. You don't have to. Yeah. Um, there Very. is an option. The question then becomes, as a company, are you willing to put skin in the game as well? I mean, we talk about selling solutions to clients and we talk about being technology advocates, but a lot of times, you know, there is, there's not necessarily the willingness to educate a client. And that's, that's what I worry about with the disposable automation, right? It either works or it doesn't. If it doesn't work, oh, well, it was only 29 bucks. You had six of them, eh, deal with it. Yeah. This is an investment in the client and the ecosystem. So, you know, I, I'm excited for it. I mean, I, preach you know I'm, I'm 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 definitely the first one uh spreading it out in the streets beautiful all right let's leave it there thank you both for joining us uh katie if people want to connect with you learn more about kmb where do they do that yeah so you can follow me on pretty much all of the socials depending on uh where along the path uh, i i joined that platform you'll it, that depends on what name you find me twitter easiest one katie mcgregor k-a-t-y-e-m-c-g-r-e-g-o-r or at kmb underscore com for the kmb com site Beautiful. Uncle Richie, thank you, sir, for joining us. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Fergosa Design, where can they do that? Uh, you can always type my name into the interwebs. That's always one way to find me and see what I've been up to. Typically no good. Uh, you can also find us at FergosaDesign.com, uh, Twitter, at rfergosa. But first and foremost, I would be happiest if you found us, if you found me here uh, on AV Nation TV and our suite of shows, which includes uh, obviously my happy time here with Matt, uh, but also uh, our other show on the state of the automation industry called A State of Control with my good friend Steve Greenblatt. Uh, but obviously, you know, support AV Nation, support our sponsors. That makes Uncle Richie the happiest. I'm trying to figure out why we didn't call this happy time with Matt. That, that's fantastic. Uh, that, could just be your, that could just be your like, time, Yeah, you this is my, yeah. my show, my separate cool. time. Okay, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll work on that. Mitchell, let's let's get going. Uh, thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week.